Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and today I am unfortunately unable to be joined by Angelo, but I got some friends who have decided to join us on the pod today. First of all, returning after a very long hiatus uh, to the pod, you know him, you met him before, say hello to Rafan, everybody. The Raf is back. The Raf is back to tell all y'all about how to be wrestling fans and how to do it the right way because being a wrestling fan is the greatest and the worst thing in the world at the same time. <laughs> if that ain't the truth. And also, we have a first-time guest with us today, another another boy from the club group chat on uh, Instagram where we all met and got to know each other. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our friend Austin. What's up, what's up, what's up? How's it going, guys? Well, I know you can't hear me, but... Well, you can hear me, <laughs> but can't respond. <laughs> and that is the first thing that I had to learn about podcasting, was that I never know how to address people. But welcome, guys. Thank yeah. you for joining us. It is our pleasure to have you on. As I said, Angelo could unfortunately not be here tonight due to a work commitment, but we wish him... Uh, the best for work tomorrow, and that he can be with us on the next episode. So, yes, sir. moving right along as to what the first first order of business today. Uh, timely that we are recording this. We are recording this at about 10.50 p.m. on Thursday, November the 4th. Just about three or four hours removed from, I mean, if you guys remember Black Wednesday that took place a couple of years ago, almost two years ago, when WWE released... What was it, 30 or so talents and staff, at least to the public eye, in one day? Well, today is arguably round two of that kind of a mindset. And it's actually insane to see how many people got released today. And it's sad. It's really sad because there's so much talent. And I'm going to read through the list of names that, as of now, we know of who have been released. And then I'm going to turn things over to Austin and Rafan and let them give their comments. And after which, I will give mine. So... The list of superstars released today, at least at this point. Eva Marie, Harry Smith, formerly known as Davy uh, Davy Boy Smith, the son of the legendary wrestler. Uh, Mia Yim, Nia Jax, Jesse Kamea, Zeta Ramir, Jeet Rama, Trey Baxter, Katrina Cortez, B-Fab of Hit Row, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado of the Lucha House Party. Carrion Cross and Scarlet. Ember Moon. Frankie Monet. And honestly, I, I can't even believe this one. This is the most shocking one of them all. Keith Lee. All released from their WWE contracts today, November the 4th, 2021. So, Rafan, I'm going to turn it over to you first. What are your thoughts? Man, um, when it comes to it, let's face it, uh, WWE is just a global brand. It's a something that's, if you're not going to, if you're a superstar, if, if you work for a company, and if for some reason they say they don't appeal to an audience as much, uh, they, they're going to take that and they're going to run with it and they're going to say that uh, maybe you're not the best for us. But when it comes to it, there's a lot of names around there that there are a lot of it's a lot of great talent, and more particularly in my eyes, in my opinion, uh, Mr. Bearcat, Mr. Keithley, uh, Carrion Cross, Scarlet, uh, B Fab was entertaining. I think she was a, a good part of uh, Hit Row, and uh, when it comes to it. There's different perspectives to look at it, but I think the biggest thing about it is that if you're being a wrestling fan, if you're a wrestling fan, you just you expect the unexpected, especially from WWE at this point. I mean, they have a lot of talent, and I'm not exactly shocked that they had to release talent. The names that they picked, I'm a little shocked about, but at the same time, they understand that, and I think everyone might be able to understand that business is business. So if you look at it from a business side instead of a personal side, I think WWE was doing what they had to do from that standpoint. Understandable. Austin, what are you thinking about these releases? 
I can't believe they uh, released my girl Eva Marie. <laughs> she was the best wrestler. <laughs> please, but tell not, me, like, please tell me you're joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, obviously joking. <laughs> I think they're at least Undertaker at this point. My God. Yeah, for real. Um, but Rafan put it perfectly. Like it's a business. Uh, yes, it will upset people, but at the end of the day, they're a global brand. They want to make money. Sadly, they personally they chose some wrong names like Ember Moon, uh, B Fab. I know we didn't really get to see a lot of her on the main roster, but uh, I think she was going to be pretty good. Um, Keith Bearcat Lee, um, Karrion Cross. I mean, I even heard. Um, on uh, Instagram, that Karen Cross was gonna get like a whole new persona. He was gonna be like Dexter Loomis, almost. Um, Scarlet. I suck that we didn't see her on the main roster, but kind of assumed when Karen got released. But other than that, I mean, sucks. But at the end of the day, business, business is business. Like you got to do it. Yeah, no, I get that mindset. Um, I think for me, it's I, I get the whole business side of things. But now this is the disgruntled fan in me that's going to come out right here. And I, I, I've had moments on this podcast where I'll stand on my soapbox and I'll preach about something that I, I, I don't quite agree with. Um, and I got to say something here. I know it's a business and I know that they're going to claim budget cuts until the day that they're blue in the face and die. But they just reported arguably their best quarter since the pandemic started. And they just ran a Saudi Arabian pay-per-view where I'm sure they were thrown money with money to spare even after paying the talent who worked the show and all the ring crew and everything. They have money to spare and then some from that. And you're telling me that you're going to quote-unquote cut people for budget cuts who are that damn good? I'm sorry. I can excuse yeah. yeah. I can excuse a handful. I mean, I don't want to excuse any of them because none of these people deserve to lose their jobs. But I've been critical of Eva Marie and of Nia Jax. I don't want to see them lose their jobs. And now there's a report that I'm just seeing literally right now that says Nia Jax was released in part because she's not vaccinated against COVID-19, which if that's true, is in and of itself an entirely different discussion. Yeah, but, right. but focusing on the overall point here, you're going to tell me that you can't find a way to not only pay these people, but use them in a productive way. Again, I'm critical of Eva Marie. I don't think she wants to be a wrestler. She doesn't, in my opinion, and she shouldn't be there if she doesn't want to be. But at the end of the day, the list of names that I read out a couple of minutes ago is so chock full of either talent that should be champion right now in the very near future or has the potential to be world champions down the line. I mean, like you said, BFAB, she's not great in the ring right now, but she's a part of an entertaining group. Her gimmick is fantastic. Hit Row is arguably one of my favorite things about WWE TV right now. And she would have been just fine when she's given the time to develop in the ring. But going into the bigger and more direct picture, specifically with Keith Lee, I've said for the longest time that since his moment with Roman Reigns at Survivor Series two years ago, he was going to be world champion very, very soon. And they hot-shotted him right to the main roster... They gave him the strap. They put him in there with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre in his first month on the main roster, inserted into the WWE title scene. And I know there was health problems and there was a start and stop with his return and there's so many things that we don't know. But at the end of the day, again, how can you not find a chance for Keith Lee to be a champion on your roster? This man is so friggin' talented. He deserves the world and then some. Yeah, especially how Vince likes big bulkier men like Keith Lee like kind of he fit that picture I mean he did moves that no one of his size could really do exactly right right and I think when it comes down to it um he was a special talent but I'm see given the circumstances right so 
uh, just addressing that what you said before about the whole uh, earnings for the quarter, which was it was incredible. Just looking at the number itself, uh, but then look at it and it's, maybe they did it on the purpose of possibly signing ta- the same talent to smaller amounts for contracts. And with my brother actually brought it up was the idea since Ring of Honor closed that. And maybe we'll get to this at a later point, but the the just the talent pool that's there that may have younger talent are or just what WWE may see as more um, uh, just more exposable or better equipped talent for them, and maybe that's their opportunity for that. And for me, especially with the whole Keith Lee situation, I'd like to think being really optimistic about it. Not sure if it's a chance, but I like to think the WWE just wants to pull off that swerve where they at least Keith Lee now, he comes back at the Rumble, he, and he wins the Rumble when he just signs a contract right away. That's just something that they might do, but that's just an optimistic standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, and how um, NXT's more, <clears throat> since they did the 2.0 stuff, they're trying to promote younger talent, so maybe like the older talent that's been on NXT for a few years might jump up to the main roster. Right. And like you said, Rafan, with the whole ROH shutting its doors for the time being, maybe WWE sees it as an opportunity to get those younger uh, talent in into NXT to have them shine and just a new wave, I think, for NXT. Yeah. 2.0. And I and I can get that too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm I'm sure there's not benefits to you gotta look at the glass half full and not half empty. I understand that. I'm just really for lack of a better phrase, I'm pissed off. Because yeah, this is not the first time this has happened in the last couple of years. Well, I get it. They would do quote unquote spring cleaning here and there. They would do this, they would do that. Whatever, fine. But you got to tell me that this is now at least the second or third time in the last two years that you're going to release this much talent in one fell swoop. It, it blows my mind yeah. how you have to do this. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. And, and, and like, um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's just a lot of talent that um, you look at the way you are now, especially in other companies. And, uh, you know, it's shocking to think like, and it's a more perspective thing, but to think that someone, in my eyes, like you say with Eva Marie, how she wasn't released before others were, like like Rusev when he was released, or just competitors of that caliber, and how they were released at earlier stages, or how a certain talent is released now, if they're released at all. Absolutely. Yeah, I think just that itself by is surprising but um uh, yeah i just shifted back to you <laughs> what your thoughts yeah no and I, and again there's the, the, you gotta take it with the glass half full and i understand that but i mean i saw the statistic i shared it in the group chat with you guys a little while ago five of the nxt champions since 2017 have been released in the last year from wwe <clears throat> andrade yeah. alistair black now is known as malachi black and andrade is andrade el idolo and ring of, and uh, AEW Adam Cole he's in AEW and then today both Keith Lee and Karrion Cross got eliminated uh, eliminated uh, released right. <clears throat> from their contracts and that's just a handful NXT of old is a shell of its former self and now rumors of Kyle O'Reilly's contract coming up could he be leaving soon it's just it's so unbelievable and you know that's Excuse me. That is um, <clears throat> that is something that I will never be able to understand, and I really hope for the best for all these people who got released today. They are all talented individuals, right. and they will land on their feet. I'm sure mm-hmm. we've seen it before, and you don't need the WWE to be a success these days. But the question is, how much space do these other companies have to make them stars? You know, they're not going right. to all be able to go to AEW and become stars. They're not going to all be able to go to New Japan or Ring of Honor or, well, not Ring of Honor now, or Impact and become stars, you know? Right. How many of those who we've seen be released who still don't have a home? Like Braun Strowman, perfect example. Lana, perfect example. Wow. <clears throat> so, 
yeah, anyway, the long story short of it all is, all those superstars released from their contracts today. We hope for the best that there's no more coming. Um, but yes, it's a black day in, in the wrestling world. Once again, seeing so many talented individuals lose their jobs and be forced to now have to reevaluate their careers and reinvent themselves on the indies. But we hope for the best, and I'm sure that there will be some that come back to WWE at some point in the future, a la Samoa Joe. Uh, of course. Definitely. Yeah. Any other thoughts on today's releases before we transition to the next topic and the main point of why we are here tonight? Um, I think when it comes to it, all said and done, we do wish the best for all the talent involved, and we just hope to see everyone succeed to the best of their ability, and we hope to see every company flourish when it comes to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly put it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alrighty, so... Now what we are going to do, we'll transition into something that actually will kind of relate in a roundabout sense in talking about AEW. Tonight was supposed to be an opportunity to talk about All Elite Wrestling. And it's pros, it's cons, maybe the things that are riding in the middle right now, and things that it could both do better or worse going forward. Uh, AEW came into existence nearly three years ago now, in January of 2019, when Hangman Adam Page, the Young Bucks, and Cody Rhodes announced on Being the Elite on YouTube that they were starting, founding, and beginning their own professional wrestling company after leaving Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, AEW has since transcended the the wrestling world in a lot of ways, but has also picked up a lot of skepticism, criticism, and, I gotta say it, uh, hatred from some wrestling fans. And I know that there's a vast amount of difference in opinion in the group that we have here today, even, and now is an opportunity to talk about that. So, AEW, good, bad, or indifferent for the wrestling world in 2021 as we approach the end of the year very soon and head in to 2022 and AEW's third full year of being on national television. So, I went to Rafan first last time. Austin, I'm going to go to you first this time. Just to start off in a general sense, what do you think of, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, when you think of AEW and what it is doing in the wrestling world right now? Kind of indifferent. Um, Like, I feel they have a large talent pool that isn't getting that limelight. I mean... They'll be wrestling on Dark or whatever, but you don't really see them on, like, Rampage or Dynamite. Um, just because you got these big names, um, CM Punk, uh, Daniel Bryan, Sting, all, like, kind of taking up TV time. And with the vast amount of talent, it's kind of gotten to a point of when will it stop because i mean going back to these releases tony khan might be like i want to get all these people uh in and half of them won't be used or they'll be used on their youtube channel um for dark and whatnot it's just kind of indifferent i mean i like how they're doing the younger talent like jungle boy and whatnot, and Sadeo, um, brother, I'm totally drawing a blank on his name. Mike Sadeo? Um, yeah, um, and I don't know, I'd watch it, not a big fan of it, but, you know, it's more wrestling at the end of the day. It's more wrestling that fans can watch, and... Honestly, fans can watch every, almost every single day of the week just because of the vast amount of differing uh, wrestling that's on, like, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, uh, Dynamite, uh, Rampage, Impact, even. It's honestly one of the best times to be a wrestling fan, but at the same time, it's kind of... You know, uh, I'm drawing a blank on what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, but 
to put it short, I'm indifferent. They have too personally. They have too much talent that can't really be shown because of the, the WWE rejects. I'll call them um, coming in and taking most of the TV time. Thank you, and that's Austin. where I'll draw the line on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Austin. And before we continue, we are recording live, so there's always subject to a surprise. And you, you hear that background noise, ladies and gentlemen? That is our old friend Adam who has joined us in the chat. Adam, can you hear us? Hey, what's up? There we go. Adam is here. Adam's been on the pod before as well. He is with us now as well. Adam, just to catch you up, Austin was just giving his comments on AEW. I know you have a lot of things that you might want to say about it. So we'll let you get settled uh, and everything. And while you do, I will turn it over to Rafan, who will give his take on AEW. So, Raf, the floor is yours. Thank you very much, sir. So uh, to latch on what to Austin stated. I agree with him when I think that the talent pool in AEW is just there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent anywhere, to be quite honest. And that's where I think WWE struggled too. That's why I think WWE is just trying to get rid of the surplus of talent. And I think AEW is trying to collect that. See, um, I think about AEW and I'm not directly a fan of them, to be quite honest with you. When it comes to it, more wrestling is more wrestling. And that's great. But the way that they deliver the wrestling, it's it's great and all, but it just seems like it's deliberately out there to aim at something. Like, they're deliberately out there to aim at WWE and try to show, oh, you didn't use your talent correctly. Let me show you how to use your talent. Meanwhile, a lot of younger talents that are, you know, in a sense, originals of AEW or just going AEW to build their name aren't given that exposure. And the issue, only issue I have with that, the biggest issue with it is that I see the flaws within it and I see what happened with TNA. Now, I'm telling you, in, in 2006, 2008, I, I, was a, I, was, I was a lot of TNA fan. I was watching TNA, I was watching WWE. But you looked at TNA and when you look at the talent that happened, it was great. In 06, 07, when Kurt Angle came and uh, really helped them put them back on the map, helped them put them on the sheet against WWE. That was great. And then Booker T came, then Scott Steiner came. Then Jeff Hardy came, and all these names and the great talents. But at the end of the day, they were getting over, they were getting shined a little, a little too much. And, and when it came to it, TNA, when it came to singles competitors, single stars, the two names that I always think about, always mention, because they never got really overshadowed as much, were Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. AJ Styles was definitely someone who definitely benefited throughout TNA, but uh, Samoa Joe was someone who could have shined a little brighter, who could have been TNA champion a little bit more. And then you look at the people who were given the TNA championship and you look at it and say, Jeff Hardy, did he really need to win that title? Uh, it, it, was, it was great and all, but did he really need to win it? Did Mick Foley need to fight for the title? You know, it, it, it was something along those lines. And when I look at AEW and I see little spots of that, then that's what kind of draws me away from it. Because besides the fact that you take uh, direct shots at WWE, I feel like they're in a sense a glorified independent company. Which is great and all, but you can't put yourself and direct yourself as an independent company and try to compete with WWE when they're at the major or at the top. And I look at the way I, I get it. Everyone loves Christian. Everyone thinks Christian is great. But are you really going to tell me Christian is going to be your world champion? He's going to fight for the AEW world champion, and we, we're supposed to believe that he might win. Are we supposed to believe that uh, th- that Chris Jericho is still at his peak? Because Chris Jericho is great and all, and I think maybe he's the when it comes to town, to veterans, I think they use them the best out of any. But then look at Sting. What, what is Sting doing, man? I mean, uh, he, he's literally out there going to the ring for what? To, to look at Darby Allen wrestle a match? And then I look at him when he's wrestling. It's just the type of thing where it's because he wants to keep wrestling, they're going to give him the chance to keep wrestling. And that's great and all. But when you give someone the TV time, you take it away from people like Jungle Boy, like like um, Santino and uh, LAX. Uh, and, or just yeah. take it away from that younger talent pool then you, all you're doing is replicating what TNA did and what WCW uh, well I, I'm going to stray away from WCW because like, to be honest that's what you I mean it's confident in that information but let's see what TNA did and the way they just took away that talent pool and, 
and, and, and I, I just I rather see Kenny Omega on my screen for thirty minutes straight than see Kenny Omega for five minutes. Then Christian come out right after him. Then Sting come out right after him. Then Big Show come out right after him. Then Mark Henry. I just feel like it, they just used the veteran talent that they had and they put them on TV. When I look at it and I'm like, do what they did with Dean Linko, where you had veteran talent, or Arn Anderson, you had veteran talent and you have them there to help benefit the wrestlers and tell them what to do in the back or, or just tell them what to do in the ring. But you don't have to, you don't have to wrestle. What, what's the point of that? What's the point of take away that screen time? And it feels like, in a sense, I think that's what takes away from just the majority of wrestling itself. And I think that's, if anything's going to dissolve AEW, it might be that. Absolutely. Uh, Some great points, some great thoughts. Um, Adam, now is your chance to shine. And remember, as I've said, (laughs) this is a PG show. I'm going to leave it at that. Adam... Give us your take on all the elite wrestling. I got you. I know the rules. This this ain't my first rodeo. Um, (laughs) All right, all right. Uh, That being said, just to build off what uh, Raph is saying, um, is is like you see a lot of the talent, like the younger talent in AEW, are being consistently overlooked. Like you look at someone like um, like a Dante Martin or someone like that. Like he's like a really good wrestler, but he's only like you know only featured on like dark or elevation or whatever the C show is called. Um, and then this is just coming from me. It's like when AEW was first, like, you know, like getting started back in 2019, you had people who are like, you know, at your MJFs, your Dobby Allens, your Sammy Guevara's and whatnot. And quite frankly, two years later, and they just still seem to be in the same position that they are like MJF losing the Jericho feud was you know not a good thing because you know if you're trying to build up a company you want your younger talent to go over and mgf's one of those guys that if he was to go to wwe he would thrive there because a lot of people are saying he's like the miz jr people forget that the miz is arguably one of the more accomplished wrestlers on the roster um and so like a lot of people in aew would realistic like at least a lot of the people who haven't been to WWE, like Powerhouse Hobbs, for instance. Uh, I remember there was a match um, a couple months ago where Powerhouse Hobbs lost to Orange Cassidy in 13 seconds. That is a travesty. <laughs> like, um, you take Powerhouse Hobbs, who's like, who's built like like a Big E type, I guess, comparatively speaking, to losing to Orange Cassidy, who's a 37-year-old skinny fat slacker. Like, really? Thirteen seconds, and then he loses to him again in the uh, the eliminator tournament or whatever it's called. Um, like I don't know, maybe I just have a an irrational you know hatred towards Orange Cassidy, but that's someone who whose shtick got very old very quick, and I feel like a lot of a lot of the AEW sentiments come from like like they're all like it's all very clickish. It's very like very inside jokes, like. I know um, I read today somewhere, I think it was on Reddit or something, about the John Silver versus Adam Cole or something like that. And yeah. you have, like, get the context behind it, you have to watch be, like, be in the Elite. Like, I don't think a successful wrestling company should, you know, like make you have to watch their extracurriculars on YouTube to get the full gist of the story. I think it's your job having a wrestling show on a major network to just have the context, context ready when the time is, I don't think having to sift through hours and hours of miscellaneous footage just to understand what's going on um, is a, is a like you know good thing because like I know for me like I don't I don't watch AEW on a regular basis like I don't I I have stuff to do on Wednesday nights or Saturdays wherever Dynamite's on um, I like I don't want to have to you know search the web just to understand what's going on. And that's something that WWE does very well. Like, like I understand that sometimes it gets mundane and sometimes it gets repetitive. But at the same time, it's like with WWE, it's easy to follow. It's like, yes, uh, Roman Reigns is the champion. He's the best in the world. And the onboard story of SmackDown is, you know, he's the chief. And like, it's, it's very clear and it's very concise and it's very straight to the point with AEW at least. And also... And this now just changing topics too on the same sentiment, like uh, with old TNA point. 
Cody, Cody, Cody Rhodes is very reminiscent, at least to me, of uh, Reign of Terror era Jeff Jarrett, where everything's overbooked, where he's, you know, like the star of the show. And like, it's just, it's just mind boggling because him beating Malachi Black um, is just like, Malachi should have, after he won the second time, it should have just been done. I don't think Cody has to go over every feud and, you know, but his overbooked entrance and his overbooked thing. And even though he has like a reality show now, it's, it's just, you know, not a very, Cody to me is arguably the worst part of AEW. Granted, you could also go with the elite, and also, like I've mentioned a plethora of times, I don't like how every ex WWE talent has to go to AEW. Like, come on, do you really think a Tony Nice or a Samurai Del Sol is really going to do better in AEW than they did in WWE? Like, I doubt it. Like, like, oh, okay. um, and some people like some people made sense. Like, I know Moxley made a lot of sense. The late great Brody Lee made sense because those are people were frustrated and could really kickstart it but when you're adding people like andrade off the bat like like i get it and it's cool that to have another alternative to people to get a paycheck because at the end of the day you're really just doing what you want in order to provide for yourself so i understand it don't get me wrong i just don't think it's a smart thing to keep people invested because it's a lot of people like like want to um like a lot of people to go to AEW, it's like, like come on, man. The roster's not that big. They don't have that much TV show. Not everyone's gonna watch a YouTube show of like Doc or Evolution. Like, like, and also, like their their booking of CM Punk, I know has been a very controversial topic. It's like not really controversial. It's just very lackluster because you compare it to WWE, like people love to do with AEW. You look, you see how they book Edge. He comes back Rumble twenty after like nine years, you know, away, and he's but he's treated as the star as he should be. You know, the pandemic happened. Obviously, wasn't there for a couple months. Comes back twenty twenty one, main event. Like that's how he should be doing. He should be in those high profile feuds. Um, and then you look at CM Punk, who at one at, at, had most people convinced that he would never return to wrestling, and then and now he's just out here cutting weekly promos, like. He shouldn't be doing that. He should be in a high-profile yeah. feud like that. He should be... Like, CM Punk should be in an Edge versus Rollins-esque feud. But instead, it's like... Like, I don't, I don't really know what you like. It's hard to stay invested in AEW. Like, I know Full Gear is coming up. And I'm, like, not even convinced Hangman's going to win the title. Like, if Hangman Page doesn't win the title, that'll be the single most detrimental thing that could happen to AEW uh, in 2021. Well, I like the fact that we have three similar yet different opinions on All Elite Wrestling. And, you know, it's it's nice for me to be able to kind of just sit back and listen as you all just kind of give your thoughts and opinions on it. Um, so I'll throw my two cents in the ring as well. Um, what I will say is I lean more towards the positive, actually, but have several bits of the indifferent locked in as well. I think we all universally agree when we say that the, the depth of the talent pool is a little too deep. Um, I, I agree in the sense of there is way, way too many guys and girls who are signed to this company and who work for them regularly uh, to ever give them proper TV time. A couple of years ago, we would talk a lot about WWE signing every big star in the world just so they couldn't work somewhere else. And I guess that the whole idea of the releases, which we talked about at the start of the episode, kind of ties into that. Because eventually we knew that something like this would happen. Not everyone can stay. Not everyone can become a star in WWE all at once. Um, and the same will go for AEW. I mean, it's going to come to a point where it's like, they have so many guys. And I'm going to take the Bobby Fish signing, for example, who recently signed with AEW. Bobby Fish is a great wrestler. He has a lot of technical skills, and he is very well equipped in the ring to put on a good match at almost any time. I'll say that. But is he going to ever make waves maybe a little bit beyond the TNT championship scene? I mean, I don't know. I want to believe he can provide something great to the company, and I want to believe that he will eventually 
you know, have meaningful feuds. But so far, he's been having one-off matches. A match with Sammy Guevara. A match with Brian Danielson. A match with CM Punk. And that's just kind of the bog standard for a lot of these signings. It very rarely goes where you sign a massive megastar and you, you do the right things with them. And that's because the depth of the talent is so deep that you're trying to squeeze everybody onto every show. Now, I will disagree when I say I actually personally love Orange Cassidy. I personally think he's going to be a star. And I think he's one of those guys like Jungle Boy who should be featured more frequently than some of the other guys. Because that's a point that I also agree with. Uh, I believe it was um, Austin or Raph who said it. Um, But yeah, I think that AEW is going to be around for a while. I don't think they're going to fall victim to the same mistakes of TNA and WCW, at least not yet. However, that being said, I do I, I do remain weary of the fact that I don't know if AEW can maintain this pace. I mean, we were talking about all these big names that were released from their contracts today from WWE. And when these no-compete clause come up, how much are you going to suggest a uh, bet that there's going to be a lot of speculation, a lot of rumor, all of these things that are going to say, oh, so-and-so is going to sign with AEW. This person's going to go to AEW. Because now that's all that there is. It's not a question of maybe they'll go to Japan or maybe they'll go to Mexico or maybe they'll go to Impact or Ring of Honor. No. Now, AEW is going to be the place that Every big name free agent is going to end up being linked to for some reason. You can bet your bottom dollar that that's what's going to happen with guys like Keith Lee and Mia Yim and Ember Moon and Karrion Cross and Scarlet. If it's not going to be AEW, it'll be Impact. But let's be honest, AEW is going to be the first place that everyone thinks of. And that to me is that to me is just not okay. You can't sign everybody because you're never going to be able to. Show up, everybody. But I'm going to try and look at it from the glass half full, as I've done before with the releases. I think that AEW has a lot of potential. They put on a lot of great matches, at least from my perspective. I watched All Out, and I was very highly um, uh, appreciative and uh, applauding of the show that they put on from start to finish. That being said, I do think that signing Adam Cole was a bit unnecessary. This is a guy who was the face of a brand and the definition of what NXT was for basically three and a half years. And now he signs with AEW and he's just doing stupid shtick jokes with his friends. I get it. This is their playground. They can do what they want. But, and I'm not going to be Jim Cornette because Jim Cornette's take is a bit too far uh, left. But, you know, he he's just... Adam Cole shouldn't be doing what he's doing now. He needs to be. He needs to be in a meaningful feud. Manager to Keith. <laughs> Manager to Keith Lee. Keith Lee. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was before Keith Lee was released, but. <laughs> Bear at Lee. I mean. Sorry to interrupt. Nah, you're I just good. thought I had to add that. <laughs> I listen. That's fine. <laughs> um, but no, I I think that Adam Cole is a guy who should be in a meaningful feud. This is a guy who should not be spending his time in a six-man tag team match with the Young Bucks every single match that he's in. He should be in the match. He should be in the main event. He should be feuding with Kenny Omega. If they sign Adam Cole and his immediate feud is, I'm going to face Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship because I'm the best damn wrestler in the world and I have proven that time and again while competing against this company, now you have my attention. You sign Adam Cole and you stick him doing the same old shtick that he did in Ring of Honor four years ago, what is that doing for his career? It's regressing him. It's not progressing him. It's regressing him. And that's not going to help anybody. It's not going to help anything. I'm sorry to say it. So that's my indifference side. I have that thought about that. But again, the upside, I think, is very high. The, the quality of the matches is next level. And in turn, the quality of the AEW matches has only helped WWE to feel inspired again because for the last month or so, Raw and SmackDown have actually been much more watchable from start to finish and less, and we can be less critical of them because there's more wrestling. And I think it was Raph, you said it best. More wrestling is good. 
More wrestling is what we need, what we want. I personally don't care what happens on either show. I don't care what the ratings are. I don't care about any of that as long as I'm getting good wrestling each and every single time I turn on my television. Because that's what I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of pro wrestling. We are on the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast right now. We are all fans of the greatest sport in the world. If you listened to our last episode, the way that I closed it was very simple but very direct. This is the best damn sport in the world and has been that way for me at least since I was a very young child. And to me, to now sit here and say we have two companies on national television who at least four days out of the week can provide us with great quality and high caliber wrestling that is something that we have not seen in over 20 years and i absolutely love it so if i am a wrestling fan who's disgruntled because aew might do some things that i don't understand or wwe might book things that just drive me up the wall that's just me being a fan for as many years as i have but a long story short in my opinion I hope that the upside of AEW continues to outweigh the bad and that eventually we see positives come out of this and that we see positives come from what we are witnessing in AEW. Like the uprising of stars like Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Orange Cassidy, Scorpio Sky, just to name a few. I don't know if it'll end up that way, but my hope is that that's what it'll be. So I'm going to lean towards the positive and the good but I, I teeter on the line of that and indifferent. But I don't think the bad will outweigh the good in the long run for the foreseeable future. If this trend of signing every wrestler in the world continues, though, and that will be time will be told as we see what happens with the wrestlers released today, that could change a lot of things. And that could change my stance on it. We have to wait and see. Any other thoughts or opinions from everybody else here? Anything else you guys want to add? I mean, you you kind of you kind of said it best. I mean, like rate like like you said rate like people like to hop on the ratings and all that, but like at the end of the day, it's really just pro wrestling. Like like as you guys know, NXT two point is like my favorite weekly show, uh, and that average is like what six hundred six fifty to seven hundred thousand a week. Um. Like, rate, like, ratings don't, like, the thing with the ratings, like, it doesn't matter as much as people say it is, but they do matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> I think, I think they put too much emphasis on the rate. Like, Tony Khan being like, I beat your main show, let's go. But, that, but Tony Khan is, is an entirely separate beast, and that's for an entirely different episode, if y'all would have me on for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, like... You know, AEW, I think, I think, I think AEW indirectly, um, like, ins- like inspired the, the, the conceptualization of, uh, NXT 2.0. Uh, because if you take a look at that show, it's, that's what, you know, a, like a show like AEW Dark should be doing, like, you know what I'm saying? Like taking your, I guess, not, not necessarily, you know, untalented, but more lesser developed people and, you know, building up for a higher audience. Like you, you take it. You take a look at NXT now. You see people like you know, uh, Braun Breaker, or like you know, the the resident good guy Tony D'Angelo, or someone like that. Um, and <clears throat> like that, like that's that's gonna work in the long run. Like AEW, instead of signing up every good you know prospect on the horizon, they really should like 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 you take a look at someone like a Dante Martin or something like that, or like a Daniel Garcia, like. They're both 20 years old, and they're already as good as they are. And they're only going to get better. Like, if, if they can put more of an emphasis on that, as opposed to seeing the elite just, you know, you know reenact whatever um, weird nostalgia act that they're doing, then, then AEW, will, like, you know, at least in my opinion, will, you know, be a more watchable pro- like product. Because at the end of the day, that's all we really want to see. We want to see good wrestling. And are compelling stories to accompany them. So, yeah. Uh, I think, back to what Freddie said, at the end of the day, no matter how negative, ne- negatively we've talked about AEW and just we, that's our perspectives on how we don't like the way it's going, I think at the end of the day, more wrestling for wrestling. And, and that's 
and that's the end of the fact. And hopefully, every company prospers. You know, and and hopefully, it's it, it, it's the sense of building and going on. Because let's let's face it, wrestling is, in a sense, the popularity of it ha- has been going down. And maybe that's that the way society is structured. Maybe that's the way that just people feel about the product and stuff because everyone looks at it because it's fake or whatever it may be, whatever the circumstances may be. I think if we're able to generate that feeling of a global understanding and a better sense of likeliness amongst the industry, it's not, the industry itself, not the company, but the industry, the product, and whether that's with 10 companies, two companies, or one company, I think that the more that we have accessible, the more talent we have, the more uh, shows we have, it's going to grow on a product. And us as wrestling fans, I think that's what we want to see more than anything else. We want to see every uh, every competitor succeed, every, every talent succeed, every company succeed. But we want to make sure they succeed by doing it in a respectful way of, uh, in the sense, I think it's just wanting to be wrestling, not not wanting to put out another company out of business, not wanting to to have to have a negative connotation of of ambition. I think it's more so wanting to do good for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. what I what I think it all comes down to is like we said. I think we all universally agree on one on one thing, and that it's. And that is that good pro wrestling, no matter where it comes from, who is involved, or what company they work for, that is all we are in this for. We're all conditioned that WWE is the only real major company because it has been for a very long time. And that's all well and good. And they put on great things. I am over the top impressed and in love with the storylines that they provide with Roman Reigns. I'll be honest. Roman is my favorite part of any WWE brand. He is so damn good, charismatic. He has turned from the person that I couldn't stand the most to see to the person that I want to see the most when I put on my TV and watch wrestling or when I pay for a ticket to go to a show now. When I went to SmackDown last month and Adam and Rafan and Angela... uh, Angela wasn't there, but Adam and Rafan, you were both there. You know how loud Madison Square Garden was when Roman Reigns came out. This is a man who was playing a heel. And we were cheering for him like he was the biggest babyface in the entire locker room. Because we, we, we think of how important he is and how good he is for not only the show, not only for the segment, but for the, the matches he competes in. Since he's won that title, the quality of matches that the Universal Championship has been defended in has risen through the roof. And we can list the name of superstars that he has faced since he won the title. Excluding how he won it in that triple threat with Braun Strowman and The Fiend, his two matches with his cousin Jay Uso storytelling beauties at its finest. His Survivor mm-hmm. Series matchup yeah. with Drew McIntyre, hard-hitting hoss fight like it should have been. His story with mm-hmm. Kevin Owens, while it may have gone on a little too long, that could be my only complaint about it, every match had a different story, but it was all about the same thing. Kevin Owens was desperate to end Roman Reigns' title reign because it was all he had left. Right. And he failed. Ooh. And we see that now with Kevin. What's he going to do next? Because he's been since then he hasn't had a direction. But I think he's finally finding one now on Raw in the WWE title picture. Moving right along, Daniel Bryan. He damn well sent Daniel Bryan out of the company with how he put him out. Edge. He he put him down, even though there was some shenanigans. John Cena. One of the greatest of all time, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. John Cena. 16-time world champion. Beat him clean as a whistle at SummerSlam. Cesaro. Brought that man to the main event of a pay-per-view, which he had never done one-on-one before. Cesaro gets that opportunity. Rey Mysterio in Hell in a Cell. And now, most recently, the Demon Finn Balor, that one was a little hokey. And the the Beast Brock Lesnar. And the list has grown and grown. And now I know we're not talking about WWE and Roman Reigns, but that's the standard. That is the standard. Mm-hmm. There is there is a certain level of understanding that the standard has always been set by WWE, and I'm sorry to say that it always will be. Sorry, AEW. You've impressed me, but you will never be that damn good. You will never be yeah. Roman Reigns, final boss, ultimate head-of-the-table god status. 
No matter who you put in that title title scene, no matter what storyline you portray. But if you give right. the title to Hangman Page at full gear in nine days from the time of recording, you're moving in the right direction and you're doing the right thing. Because I'll give you this, Hangman Adam Page is is the in my opinion, the most over-wrestler in AEW. He's my favorite superstar in the company, and he should damn well be the world champion. And if you let him now run with the title and focus that title less on shenanigans with the Elite and more on being the title that's defended in the main event of every show, you've impressed me again. Because when John Moxley had that title, that's exactly what happened. He was defending it against anyone and everyone. Kenny Omega has done it against a lot, but not against everybody. Not as frequent. Yeah, I think um, you, you can go. Ahead. Right. Yeah, like I was just gonna say, like presentation matters with the Witcher World Title because you know what I'm saying like that's your main event. That's what gets people in the door. You take a look at like, the history of the AEW, like World Heavyweight Championship. Chris Jericho, you know that was your natural first champion. Chris Jericho was a draw, and he, you know, presented it well as your typical heel champion, as it should be. And then you have Moxley, like you had said. Like, yeah, he's an ex WWE guy, but at this point it's like he was he was the natural hair to the to the, be the second champion. And did they you know, we're just you know he just walked in and wrecked it as he should have. And then with Omega, it's like it's with me it's a bit frustrating to see how it's been booked because Omega shouldn't be this comedy esque, you know, super villain or like an anime villain or whatnot. He should be how he was portrayed, like twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen, and in New Japan, just the like. Because while I might have some reservations about how he wrestles or like how he's overly praised, the man can go in the ring. Like, mm-hmm. like say what you want to say, but like, like, and I want AEW to succeed. All my criticism are just me, just be genuinely frustrated with the product. Like Omega. The one way get Angel is easily one of the best finishers in the, in the in the industry right now, and you have like him just being goofy, like like he just doesn't look credible with his Triple H esque mustache or whatever he's going on right now. Like he just does, he comes off as insincere and just an egomaniac. Like sure, it might be his character, but I don't know, Hangman Page, like. Adam Page has that down to a T, and in nine days, when he when he hits that um, buckshot Larry and wins the title, hopefully, then that'll be good because Hangman Page. Although, and this is just me, it's just I don't like how they've already foreshadowed it that much. You know what I'm saying? Then that just might be a gripe, and that might be me, me being too pessimistic, but. You know, people are like, oh, Hangman Page should be the one to do it. And then they're actually running that story. Like, yeah, predictability in wrestling isn't terrible. But it, but if it's for one of your biggest stories of the year, then it, you know. But hey, right. as long as it's good wrestling, as long as it's a good match, then I, I can't fault it for being predictable. That's fair. Um, so with my point, and uh, I, I'm sure you guys can possibly agree with this, but I think Roman Reigns' title reign was the first time I've ever praised the Universal title over the WWE title. Just the way uh, the whole Universal title has went, the entire uh, history of it. It's only been a couple of years, but I, I feel like it, it's, it's, for the first time, more important than the actual WWE title. And the entire reign of that has been great. See, now here's the difference between AEW and WWE. I love Kenny Omega. I think he's an amazing talent. Uh, you guys have your uh, personally his character himself. I don't really find that much of a problem with just because he can be that that sarcastic, egomaniacish douche. Uh, but I think it could he could be, I, I think he pulls it off well to be quite honest with you. But um, man, when it comes to it, as much as I love Kenny Omega, I feel like you have to give that title to Hangman Page at this point. Like you guys stated, he's so over, and and with the fans, and to be quite honest, I haven't watched AEW that much. I, I do watch it. I haven't watched pay per views, but I saw when he came out and the evasion. I, like I, personally, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Hangman Page whatsoever. But then I saw when he came out, the crowd went wild, absolutely insane on how that happened. And I just look at it, and like you stated, like you said, Freddie, he's he's so over, and it, it's like if he doesn't win, who's gonna win? 
and you just know they're gonna give it to someone like CM Punk. And like I don't I, I don't want CM Punk to get in the title picture like that. I want CM Punk to have high profile feuds, believe me. But I don't want CM Punk to wrestle Kenny Omega for the AEW title and win it off of him. I, I feel like then at that point all you're doing is the same thing as stated before. You're giving it to someone who used to be in WWE and because WWE did do it correctly, oh, we're gonna do it to show that we're better than them. I feel like you get, you're setting off the wrong example. <clears throat> it's now the the difference lies within Kenny's reign and Roman's reign. The thing about Kenny, Heyman feels like the perfect person to beat him. Think about Roman. I don't think not, anyone wants to see his reign end because it's so great, it's so entertaining. And when it comes to it, I don't think we find the right person to beat him. At first, I really thought it was Cena. I thought SummerSlam. If you gotta do it. They got to do it soon. And before that, I thought it might be Edge. Not Money in the Bank, but I, th- I thought maybe at Mania Edge. But I thought Cena. And then here comes Brock. And it wasn't believable with Brock. But now who's going to face Roman? And for some reason, and I, I, I'm taking the bias completely out of it. Because when it comes to it, when it comes to these conversations, I'm completely taking on it. But when I look at the rain, I'm like, man, I, I, if I'm WWE right now, I'm not panicking on who's going to beat Roman for that title. I'm not panicking because I feel like there's a lot of options, a lot of top people he could still beat. And when they're ready to give it to someone, I think you can make the right decision. Whether that may be a one-on-one match or mania, whether that may be cash-in, whether that may be something where Paul Heyman screws him, whatever the situation might be. And I look at AEW, and I feel like if Omega does beat Heyman, what other credible face will you give this title to? Jungle Boy? Is, is it believable for Jungle Boy to beat Hangman? I, I apologize. Uh, Omega. Is, is, it, is it believable for uh, for Jungle Boy to beat Omega? Is it, it, it feels more believable for Hangman to defeat him. And I think if they do keep Kenny as champion, and I'm not sure if they might keep him champion, then he'll win the next pay-per-view. But I feel like if, if they don't give Hangman this opportunity, this chance right now, it's something that we as fans might question a lot more. And hopefully it's something where if he does win it, hopefully later on, whenever they're ready to, uh, like MGF, I, I think that he would be a great, credible opponent for Hangman. But that's later on. And I, I, I think that's where the discrepancy lies in between those two companies and their top faces. I agree to that, yeah. And to go back to Adam's point, he was talking about how <laughs> Jericho and Moxley felt like natural champions to go to go with. Um, when you know being ex WWE guys, I watched today actually for the first time Chris Jericho's Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions uh, episode, um, and I got to see some insight on how Jericho saw AEW going and how. It was kind of a known commodity that he was going to be the guy that they built that company on because he was the known name. He was going to be the guy in the main event scene that everybody knew who he was in the mainstream because he had been with WWE for so long. I think that's the right mindset. You can't start a new major promotion without something like that, someone like that. But um, after Moxley, I think it should be. Um, um, I think it should. It shouldn't be any like. It should not always be an ex WWE guy. Now I'm not saying that they can't win the title. I think a guy like Miro should one day be champion. I think Daniel Bryan and CM Punk will be in the scene at some point. But right now, it's Hangman's time. It has to be. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's my. I think that's all of my thoughts. Anybody else have any thoughts? I mean, have well, we just, um, oh, you go. Oh, um, going back to like the ratings thing as, as a fan, you shouldn't really worry about the ratings. That is for the people in the headquarters of AEW and WWE to worry about because at the end of the day, demographics matter and that's how advertising is. Fans shouldn't look at it like, Oh, AWB um this person uh th- this show uh this week AEW's the better show. It's not always the point of watching wrestling, you know? Like if you take it to football, you might have a favorite team, but uh I want to see if this team 
loses so they don't face my team. You know what I mean? And like it, you don't really want to watch the other team win, but you don't want to watch the team lose. I don't know what I'm talking about, but um, at the end of the day, ratings don't really matter to just normal fans. They only matter to people in the corporate head offices and advertisers. Like people shouldn't worry about ratings or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I fully agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's and he's going to fully agree with us to uh, argue with us on the other side of it, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the health. That's the healthiest way of looking at it. I mean, no, yeah, it should I, be for I the corporate exec. That, though, yeah. yeah. Although, I guess just uh, just a one change of topic. It's that this is something that I've noticed from spending all my time, you know, on Instagram and also like Reddit and whatnot. Is that the AEW fan base is the most? Or it's just uberly toxic is what i've noticed um like you, you look at double standards um like i i like i i'm sure you all remember the uh the darby allen you know allegations back in the day uh or like because it feels like to me from what i can see is that people are far more willing to defend aew than they are for wwe because like when the whole rick flair thing came out or like, or how they wanted to cancel Brock for the Dark Side of the Ring episode, um, like, it's like, yeah, like that happened. That's shitty, but you you can't, you know, criticize them, and then you know try to neg- negate what people like. You know, if you look at the uh, Sammy Guevara thing, where he was like, I would want to rape Sasha Banks from that one episode of uh, fuck, I forgot the other bit, but uh, uh, but yeah, but that happened. You know, Sammy Guevara, you know. Being like, yeah, I want to rape Sasha Banks. Granted, he did take it back, and you know, he did, you know, like learn from his ways. But at the same time, you can't, you can't cherry pick who you criticize if you're, you know, gonna, you know, praise the other. Like, I, I'm not even entirely sure that Darby's completely innocent. All I know is that he is that he showed some text to Tony Khan, but at the end of the day, like, that's not enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, like. Like, like I mean, granted, AEW does handle this very well sometimes. If you look back in the day, you know, Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc was one of those guys from when I was younger, back when he was in progress, that he was one of, like, one of my favorites in the world when he came out like that. And then it's like, it's, you know, a natural discourse to have him fired. Or like a Marty Skrull, for instance. That was someone who, if he was in AEW, the landscape of the title scene would probably be a lot different because Marty Skrull's one of those guys that, just cl- clicks with the, with the business. Like, you know, the villain was massively over and uh, he was just a genuinely good wrestler. It's a, you know, granted, outside personal things obviously dictate otherwise, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like people put it AEW on a higher pedestal because it's the flavor of the year or, you know, it's the alternative that they're letting to give it slide because a lot of fans hate WWE more than they like AEW, if that makes any sense. No, I agree. I agree with that with that last statement for sure. Yeah, they do for some reason. All right. Any other thoughts before we wrap things up? Well, no. I think at the end of the day, we've all kind of said our piece, and what we can universally agree on is that we don't inherently hate AEW. We all want to see it succeed. Um, between booking decisions and just the fact that they signed every person under the sun, we all are hesitant to believe that it will ever be anything different than companies like TNA and WCW. The long story short of it all is that AEW seems to be here to stay, and we have to just hope for the best. And I, as I said before, hold true to this simple fact. Good pro wrestling, no matter where, no matter who, and no matter when, is still greater in abundance than it is in a small amount. And right now, we have more great pro wrestling in the wrestling world than we have ever had before, both in America and in Japan, and Mexico, everywhere. You go, wherever you go, and it's great pro wrestling. 
even in WWE, where we have all been very critical of the booking and very critical of their their decisions over the years. We still are. However, they have been upping their game. And whether or not it's to compete with AEW directly or not, it is still a benefit of the competition. Competition breeds quality. And quality pro wrestling is what I signed up for as a fan. And as long as I continue to get that, I'm not going to complain too much. And I don't think anyone will. So, that being said, I would like to thank our very special guests on today's podcast episode, Austin, Rafan, and Adam for joining us. Any parting words to our fans? I mean, at the end of the day, you, you're going to like what you like. Uh, it's good for wrestling. What is what is the best will always prosper. And so, you know, you just, you're just you in for the long haul. Stop being overly critical about things. Just enjoy the wrestling that's on your screen. Agreed 100%, Adam. To the fans, let's appreciate and enjoy everything we got because you never know when it's going to go away. And... To steal Freddy's um, thunder low, but never be afraid to be a fan. You're stealing my egg, you stealing my end game there, uh, Raph. I, I watch your podcast too much, man. I've been on this too much. <laughs> Anything else, boys? Nope. Uh, and thank you, Freddy, for allowing us thank to, you, to be here and to speak our minds on something that uh, I think all of us have, do have an opinion on. Well, we're always happy to have you guys. You're always welcome on the pod. Angelo and I are always happy to have guests. And you're always welcome. Feel free to come join us again sometime soon. And thank you for being here. Uh, it was definitely a great conversation tonight. I could shoot the breeze and talk about wrestling until we're blue in the face and 3 o'clock in the morning, honestly. So thank you, boys. Look forward to having you on the podcast again. And with that being said... My name has been the host with the Hall of French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and I would like to thank all of our listeners and fans for joining us on the pod today. Remember to like, share, and subscribe our podcast with all of your friends and family. We will see you all again next time very, very soon. And as always, and always remember to never be afraid to be a fan of the greatest sport in the world, professional wrestling. Thank you all. Have a wonderful weekend. We will see you all very soon. So long, everyone.